What's up, life changers, healers, deep feelers, and hope dealers? The Life Alive podcast is a voice for all people to share their healing stories and a resource for you to tap into your higher love and human potential. This is your host, Doc Schrock. Let's heal, grow, and flow. May we educate with love. Yeah. For sure. All right, man. Uh, welcome back to the Life Live podcast. It is 2023, and this thing is going again. I want to uh, thank my friend and colleague, Dr. Daniel Kimbley, for being on the podcast today. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me, man. Always an honor. Love chatting with you. Um, I'm super excited to be here. Me too. This should be fun. So I want to get right into it. I've been reflecting lately about how I want to start this off, and I think I think of what a lot of people think in the new year is what I'm going to do different this year. Uh, am I going to make a resolution or not? Um, am I going to have resolve in that resolution or am I just going to wish or hope I did something different? And what I ca really came down to the bottom line is, and we both see this in our chiropractic practices every day, is that depending on someone's ability to deal with stress and we will get to defining that in a moment, what we mean by that stress or distress or stress stuck on. I realize that that really is the cause of so much of our suffering, so much of our inability to follow through. And so I want to talk, I want to educate people today, um, Doc, about stress, what it is how to use it to our advantage, and then specifically what we do as chiropractors to help people break that stress cycle. So take it away from there. What is stress and how do you see that playing out when you're seeing real life people come to your practice every day? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I love talking about stress. I talk about it all day long. So I, you know, like in my office specifically, I always talk about anybody that we sit down with, I tell them that we have to agree that the body knows how to heal itself. If they disagree with that, we won't work with them. So the reason that I bring that up with you and on this podcast to talk about stress is like realizing that if your physical body is not where you want it to be, and it doesn't matter, it could be, it could be a weight issue. It could be a hormonal issue. It could be pain. It could be skin issues. It could be headaches. It could be any symptom that we could name. Um, those 90, five or more percent of the time always arise from stress. So put simply, um, stress is going to be in, in my opinion anyway, is like stress is going to be any time that our body has a stress or fight or flight response, which is firing what we would call the sympathetic nervous system. It's the stress branch of the nervous system. And there's a specific hormonal or physiological cascade, we could say, that happens where the body releases cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine. I won't go super sciencey unless you want me to. But every time we have that trigger of those stress hormones, um, it, it's short-term really good for our survival if we need to fight or run away. But long-term, because we rarely need to fight or run away now in the lives that we live today, um, it, re it wreaks havoc on our systems. And so I would just define stress as that, as like anytime the body releases those three hormones as a protective mechanism, fighting or running away. Sure. And so these can be an environmental agent that we come upon 
this could be an actual physical stress of our body. So the one that I always get from people is that, oh, well, I work out and I, I do this and, you know, I, I have movement. And a lot of times what we discover is that there is either all disease comes in two flavors, either too much or too little. So what you said is that the release of hormones, yep. what you're telling me is that the release of hormones over and over and over again, that would be too much. And then once the body's fatigued out of that, it actually starts to produce too little or not be able to produce that, those, those, uh, stress hormones to, to proper levels where if we actually needed to fight or run, yep. we, we would be very depleted and fatigued. Exactly. So, uh, so I said, I said, environmental agent, I said, physical stress. And then also one that I want to remind people of, because, you know, no, no one has, this is mental and emotional stress. Yeah. And this comes from uh, our work environments, sitting sedentary, uh, being stressed out about deadlines. So dive a little deeper into when we get into a stress response, why movement is so important to that. And there seems to be a mismatch between the distress that we feel in our body and not being able to actually get out of that stress cycle or that, that stress pattern. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how I explain it to people, the mo the simplest way to think about it is if you think of the idea of fight, fight or flight, right, which I'll use fight or flight and stress interchangeably. Um, we, we are designed by nature to, if we had, if we were cavemen and women and there's a saber tooth tiger that comes to attack us in the woods, we need to be able to fight or run away from it. And so our brain tells our body to release stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine to get us up and fighting and running away. However, we live in a society today that just like you said, is we have environmental toxins. So we can talk about whether it's the food we eat or the pollution that we breathe that's in the air that we don't even think about on a day-to-day -day basis, blue light from our computer screens and from fluorescent lights overhead. There's a number of places where like these environmental toxins come from. Those all trigger stress response in the body. Um, same thing, car accidents, working out is actually stress. Most people forget that we break down tissue so that we can build up healthier, bigger tissue when we're working out. So that breakdown process is actually a stress on the body. Um, and then the most interesting one I think is the thoughts, right? Um, or that, uh, emotional mental stress and like, we're the only species that has a brain strong enough to trigger a stress response without actually having a stress in front of us. So we mm -hmm. could think about something that happened in the past. And our body will, our body will think that it's real enough that it will trigger the, that stress response release. So the interesting part about it is that like we have all these stresses that we stack up all day long and we never fight or run away. And it's called fight or flight for a reason because fighting and running away requires lots of movement. If I'm going to fight something, I'm going to be moving. If I'm going to run away from something, I'm going to be moving. And so often, you know, we might have 60 stresses throughout the course of the day, my cell phone, my kiddo, um, a tax bill, the team that I have to deal with in my office, the, my spouse, like all these stresses, but we don't fire run away from any of them. We usually just continue to work, continue to sit. And so then the brain gets very confused and it's like, Hey, I'm releasing hormones that are literally increasing your heart rate, increasing your blood pressure, like doing these things to get you up and get you moving and you're not doing it. So then it says, all right, well, since you're not fighting or running away, just in case, I'm going to keep that stress response on so that if that thing that should come and attack you does come and attack you, you'll be ready to go. 
So short term, it's great because it keeps us protected. But long term, because we're not cavemen and women anymore, it literally wreaks havoc on our system. Um, if you think about like just you know looking at where we spend money on healthcare in the United States is like increased heart rate, increased blood pressure. Those are the first two things stress hormones do. Well, that's cardiovascular disease. Um, so if we have attacks on our cardiovascular system 24 seven, because our body's releasing these stress hormones, short term, it's great. It's going to keep us alive and safe long-term detrimental to our system. We increase blood sugar levels. Well, we know that increased blood sugar levels, it leads to increased insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is literally, um, what causes diabetes, right? Like we know these things. So chronic stress stuck on in the system can cause type two diabetes long-term because it also stress hormones create insulin resistance so that we have more sugar in the bloodstream to be able to fight or run away. Um, cancer cells are also fed by sugar. So like there's all the, and I could go on and on and on, but the sure. idea is that- If we just stopped the there, if we yeah, just yeah. stopped there, we would cover pretty much at least the, the whole United States. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and and just, just to clarify um, something that you said is, is that, we it is so interesting that we are a species that our, our thoughts can can really uh you know the power in our tongue can, can speak thoughts of life uh and or can speak thoughts of death and destruction towards someone and it is interesting that we are we have such power within our mind to go one way or the other and 80 to 90 percent i know of all doctors visits it doesn't matter actually what type of doctor someone goes to, stress is actually the cause of why that person ends up in front of that person seeking help. And another yep. thing I want to just highlight in that is if someone doesn't know what adrenaline is or cortisol is, let me just give you a really simple example that you just get. Cortisol is the charcoal. Adrenaline is the lighter fluid. <laughs> Yeah, And when that starts to happen in the body and stress sparks that flame, then we get inflammation. And we know now that when at the end of the day, whether it's cancerous, whether it's heart disease, whether it's stroke and cardiovascular incidents, whether it's insulin resistance and weight gain, is that inflammation is the thread that runs through all of the diseases that we, we see in our modern lifestyle. So just to clarify that, if anyone doesn't know of those chemicals um, that you have and that are probably circulating somewhat in your body right now, cortisol should be like the sunset, should rise as the day goes up. And then as the sunset goes down, it should come back down. You yep. shouldn't be wigged out and freaked and fried uh, going to bed every night and trying to take a bunch of sleep pills, your body shouldn't have to do that. So if you're having trouble sleeping, that is one uh, way that you can probably guess that your, your body's trying to tell you that you're overly stressed or in a distressed state. Let me ask you a question about adaptation. Cause I really think that what, you know, having some clarity now around for the listeners around now they know what forms and flavors stress come in. They know from your awesome explanation how that, what happens in the brain and what the brain's telling the body to do and what it's preparing it for. And Bo, by the way, uh, just, to, just to introduce one other thing, depending on the situation, this is something so cool and so intelligent about your body is that if it starts to get into that fight or flight state and stress, it actually starts to prepare your immune system as if you were to be injured. Mm -hmm. And so isn't that interesting that now 
you know, a long time ago in science, they did not know that the immune system was linked with the neurological system, but they're like, you know, shaking hands in the body. They, 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 they cannot be, uh, disconnected. And so everywhere the, uh, nervous system goes in the body and no matter what the brain's talking to, it's also talking to the immune system to modulate these responses. But aside from stress, now that we have a clearer picture, take us into what you feel like how you would describe adaptation and why it isn't so important for you to assess your life in terms of how, how I'm adapting or responding to this stress. Yeah, for sure. So how I always think about adaptation is like pretty simple analogy would be if you have a bucket, you can put so much water into that bucket before it overflows. So our nervous system works the exact same way. Like we can put so much stress in before we stop being able to process it. And then the body just says, I'm just going to stay stuck in stress because I want you to be safe and protected. And I love what you said is like the, the most important thing to realize is like, these are God given adaptations to keep you safe and protected in an abnormal, abnormally stressful environment. So it's like, it's not like any of us are broken. It's not that the system's broken. It's just that our environment is different. And so we have to take different actions in order to adapt. So this idea of adaptation works like if I have a bucket that's this big, um, maybe it's the size of just bigger than a coffee cup and we put stress in, eventually we're going to overflow. That's when symptoms happen. And it doesn't matter again, what symptom, like I said at the beginning, it can be anything, but what, what's cool is there are specific strategies. I would say number one, always on the list is going to be chiropractic care um, specifically brain-based chiropractic care, where we can actually grow the capacity of the body to deal with that stress. So we literally make the bucket bigger so we can put more stress in and we never overflow. And then I like to think of it also as like, not only do we grow that, but we can also start to put holes on the bottom of the bucket. So that stress drains back out. And I, all the time, like one of our biggest, if I go back and look at our progress evaluation questionnaires for clients we take care of, 95% of the people we take care of, they tell, they literally tell us, they're like, I just feel less stress. Like stuff that used to bother me doesn't bother me anymore. When I used to snap on my kids, I don't snap on my kids anymore. Why is that the case? It's because those stress hormones are designed to get you to be aggressive. So you can either fight or run away. And so as we start to shut that off and create adaptation within people's bodies, um, they go back to this new baseline that feels less stressed, feels less anxious, sleeps better, like you mentioned. Uh, and that's what adaptation is all about, is literally being able to deal with the different, this abnormally stressful environment that we're exposed to, all of us, regardless of who you are on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure. And I always just think of it as well as like, of the range of possibilities, it is nice to have choices and sometimes this what what situations in in even our mood regulation if we're walking around aggressive on the inside but we're trying to be nice on the outside there there's gonna feel it's not gonna feel good yeah. to us and so we we feel anxious we feel like we don't want to really socialize as much we feel irritated when someone's just asking us a normal question so I, th I like to think of it as like, you know, to being able to adapt to stress better is actually just opening up possibilities for your life for better choices and, and more choices. And I, I wrote down on here because I was thinking about adaptation is that uh, to use it to our 
stress to our own advantage, I believe that uh, to be able to get our body to adapt better, it just gives our body more tools that we already have. Like, you, like uh, I'm very much in alignment with you is that I feel like God designed us. And I know that we are, are instilled with seeds of greatness and purpose and all the equipment there is there, all the plumbing is there, all the biochemistry, all the neurochemistry, all the power of opening our lives to more freedom, more possibility, um, pain-free walking, pain-free running, playing with our grandkids, whatever that looks like for a person's quality of life, right? Is that this adaptation range, that the, the wider the range is, the bigger the cup gets from a coffee cup to a bucket. I like that. I like that visual that you, you gave to us. And then not only that, but the demand of stress when it really pushes you to have some holes in your bucket, some strategies, some self-care strategies, ways to say, hey, you know what? I I recognize this. This is a cue. I would usually respond like this, but now I'm going to do something different. And I think that instead of making a resolution to do something different this year, I think what destroys men and women most is lack of knowledge. And so we're talking about understanding stress. We're talking about what is the brain's response to stress and, and the adaptation range. And like you said, this is kind of where I want to come and land the plane today is us being chiropractors. What is our specific role and how can chiropractic specifically help turn the tides for the brain to remind it to function the way that it was designed to? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I love this question and I tend to get really, really fired up on it, but it's, it's really Let's simple. Go. So in the, in the eighties, in the 1980s, a guy named Roger Sperry won a Nobel prize for finding that 90% of new nutrition and stimulation to your brain comes from movement of the joints of the spine. So Remember okay. what we said, fighting and running away requires lots of movement. Why is that movement so key? Because your spine moves. So we find, and he's a neurobiologist. He was not a chiropractor. So he finds this in the 80s. Nobody talks about it. But if you think about your brain as a muscle, it gets most of its stimulation and nutrition from movement of the joints of the spine, 90% of it, by the way. So as chiropractors, like our job isn't to fix you. I always tell people like, I can't fix your back pain. I can't fix your whatever you're coming to me with. But what we can do is we can assess where is the stress stuck on in your system? And then what do we do with you specifically to get joints of your spine moving in a way that will wake up your brain so it can turn off the stress response and go back into a healing state? And I mean, it's literally like that sounds too simple, but that's the reality of all we can do because you're already given the tools of healing, but you can't be in healing and in fight or flight or that stressed out state at the same time. It's like driving with your car, driving your car with foot on gas pedal and brake pedal. So, so what let do we me do? stop you right there, real quick. What would that look like? Can you think of someone in that you've seen recently? What would that look like in a person's life where they are driving with the emergency brake on? It's like they're going, but not effectively. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I can think of I can think of a lot of examples. Um, one of my I would give you two real quick ones. Um, one one of my favorite stories ever is I had a mom. So we were taking care of mom and her two boys, um, and mom was like the last one to start care. She's like, I'm you know what I just want I've, I've seen such good results with my kiddos. I'm going to try it. Um, kiddos had digestive issues, some behavioral issues in school. Had amazing results. She's like, let's just try it for me. So we sit down six weeks in at her first progress evaluation. And she says to me, she's like, I just got to tell you, she's like growing up my whole life, my dad would scream at us. And she's like, I always told myself that I would never be like my dad. 
when I had kids. And she's like, I found myself up until these last six weeks where I would be screaming at my kids and telling myself in the back of my head, oh my gosh, I'm doing exactly what I said I would never do like my dad did to my kids. And so she's like, but in the last six weeks, I haven't done that. And she's, and so she's like, it's been so cool to see I have a new level of control over myself and this ease of stress within my system where things that used to just set me off with my kids no longer bother me at all anymore. And it's literally because we turned off that flow of stress hormones. Um, and that has a very specific impact on the part of our brain that's responsible for being rational and logical and making good decisions. And that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> um, another example, I just had a guy, so we've been taking care of this guy since I first started practicing. Um, and he's been very consistent, uh, high level entrepreneur. So we see him a lot. And right before Thanksgiving, he was just traveling a lot and some things going on. And so we didn't see him for about three months and he comes back in and it's been three weeks. And he's like, dude, I cannot believe the difference in my, like, he's like, I'm so mentally fatigued until I started coming back here. Like there's nothing I could do. He's like, no supplement, no exercise, no no amount of caffeine, like nothing worked. He's like, I started getting adjusting and getting adjusted again. And he's like, my whole, it's like the whole system is back on. And this is what, these are the kind of things that we see with people that people just don't even know that there's another option. Um, and it's so, it's so rewarding. It's just cool because it's like, like I said, God already gave you all those tools. Like you said, the plumbing's there, the wiring's there. It's like, all we got to do is just flip the switch. And when we get joints of the spine moving, the brain wakes up and your body will take care of itself. It has to. It's the sure. only way it works. Sure. And I, it reminds me of a, a mom. I take care of a family of five and they drive over an hour to see us here. And I'll, I'll just say to moms or, or um, caretakers out there that this is really bigger than back pain. It's we do this because we love to see children not only just survive and have just basic needs met, but for their body to be able to function and um, for you to be able to see your child and see them grow and develop like any parent probably wishes. You know, uh, it's really close to my heart right now because uh, my wife is Andrea, <laughs> Dr. Andrea here at Life Alive is uh, in the midst of pregnant her third trimester. And I just, yeah, I think about that every day is like, man, I just, one, I just, I just don't, I, I want to don't, I don't want to do anything to mess my kid up. <laughs> and, and I don't, I want them to just, I want their body to have the most range of adaptation they can. So I'm talking to this mom today and I said, so, so really what's, you know, I see, we were talking about what's called dysponesis. And if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's really just an error in work, effort, or energy, usually provided by the muscles of the spine. So when Daniel was talking earlier about the joints not moving well in the spine, they're supposed to move well. They're supposed to be able to go through ranges of motion, frontwards, backwards, twisting, any range of motion we put them through, they're supposed to be able to move well, pain-free, and without any kind of itching or aching or zinging through the arms or legs or anything like that. So we're talking about these energy airs that we've seen change in her, her child. And one cool thing that I want to mention is that we can measure these things 
when even little infants to all the way up to adults that can actually talk to us in our office. And this is what this looks like when you measure this energy output and you see these covert errors going on in the body. And by the way, there's a quote that we uh, say a lot in our chiropractic offices. It's motion is life and life is motion. And the muscular system of the body must be functioning well to keep us moving in the ways that we, we need to be moving and to give us that adaptation range. And those muscles don't just run on their own. They run on nerve force. So when I've been adjusting this little child, what actually was really on their heart and what was causing them distress in their household was that she has uh, a child that's teething and almost a year old. She's got, uh, and then she's got two, two and three-year-olds. And he kept pooping his pants. And it was a huge mess. He's three years old. He's a huge mess. They, they were just, the potty training was happening, but the body wasn't happening the way it should. There was no, there was no control there. And so when we started to correct these errors and get the brain back online, and we started to address the cause there, then what ha started happening? Well, everything that they had done and they were trying to do right as parents, that started to work because the baseline features of our nervous system have to be working before we bring in supplements because they can't get through the system if they're not going to be absorbed. They're just going to be peep or peep, peed or pooped out. Um, exercise programs because there's not going to be, there's going to be a lack of coordination there because we don't have that nerve supply to muscular endurance and effort and work. So it's just really cool to see this morning how much improvement she's seen and says that she just has a new level of self-confidence as well socially because not run around pooping his pants everywhere. And I can, we can see it in the office. It just, it's a joy to see that you know, the kid doesn't know that, but they also have this inner knowing of knowing that because their confidence levels go up and they can be more socially interactive because the energy is not being used for, I don't know if I can hold my bowels or not, but it's being used for social engagement and muscular activity for neurodevelopment. So super cool to, just to give you guys an idea of the audience of, of like what that actually looks like in real life because we see that every day in our offices. So to end up here, uh, Daniel, what would you what would you want to tell our um, listeners about you know what that you know further on from what you were describing you know what that's look what that looks like in your office, but then like continue on with okay how do we how do we um, what like what are some action steps that our listeners could take with chiropractic yeah. care and what's that look like? And then what, what are some other things that, that make a difference, you know, just so they're sure. empowered with even if they're just sitting at home and they're like, I don't know a chiropractor yet. Yeah. I think, um, man, there's so many things. So I always, just like you, it was like chiropractic is number one, right? Um, I will, you mentioned something that I feel like I would be, um, I, it would be a disservice if I didn't say it, but when you're talking about Andrea being pregnant, like how much of a, gift it is for Andrea to have a husband who's a chiropractor because like the chiropractic adjustment is affecting Andrea's stress hormones in a positive way, but all those stress hormones are that aren't flowing in Dr. Andrea's system are now 
positively affecting your babe's brain development. And so just remembering that like this stuff happens pre-birth. So a baby can be born into the world stressed out. Um, and we don't even, and don't, the, we, the normal route is to find out once they're in fifth or sixth grade and they get diagnosed with some learning disability, but there are things that we can check for, like you just shared with this kiddo, um, to tell parents that like, Hey, if we don't address this now, it could end up as these things later down the road. So it just, it's just so important to know that like, this isn't something that happens when you're 40 years old. This is something that usually we can track all the way back to birth. Um, but anyway, aside from that, so obviously chiropractic, number one, getting adjusted, super important. You got to find a neurologically or brain-based chiropractor. Most important brain controls, everything that happens in the body. If you don't have a brain life is not possible. Um, meditation for me is huge. So the reason I meditate and what I'll tell people is like, I am very much a firm believer in meditation and breath work. The problem though, is like, if you're just trying to meditate your way out of your body being chronically stressed out, then you're like you're missing the biggest component, which is how the brain is functioning in the first place. So meditating for me allows me a place to process all of my thoughts and all of my um, things that may be in my head that I wouldn't get to process otherwise. So meditation doesn't have to be like this fancy thing. I literally just sit in silence or sometimes I'll just put in like music with no words and sit for 10 minutes and just see what comes up. Sometimes I fall asleep. Sometimes I'll have profound thoughts. And um, I, I really truly believe that that's key Another big one that most people don't know about is, is just getting quality and quantity sleep. So if you're burning the candle by not sleeping well, you're actually, your body's actually increasing cortisol. Um, they sleep-deprived uh, Harvard students in this study, and they found that in two weeks of sleep deprivation, they were actually at pre-diabetic levels in mm -hmm. terms of like what their blood sugar looks like. So, you know, we can create these same symptoms of um, the stress response just by missing sleep as well. So Meditation, sleep, obviously chiropractic care. Um, those are the big. Those are the big ones. Obviously, there are a ton of other things that people can do, but those are. That's usually where I roll. Working out, exercise is going to be key, and I would even say walking. Like if you can add thirty minutes of walking to your day in like five minute segments throughout the day, so that would be six five minute segments. You will be way better off than if you just sat all day, guaranteed. Yep. And just to go back to what you were saying about the pregnancy piece. Um, that is a big part of our practice. And even when I talk to women, just because they notice Andrea, you know, walking around, she's pregnant and the, the, the gals get to talking as the, as I say, and I hear from lots of women, I mean, really be, I've been a surprised that there have been women that come in and say, you know, I was with my first two, I didn't receive any chiropractic care and they go, with my third, I just, I, you know, I found someone or someone had suggested it and they're like, it was so much less stress on my body yeah. and my brain when I was going, especially, you know, during this third trimester where what you said, that pain pleasure response in womb is very, you know, it's active. It's, it starts then and there. And so the more ease that the body has on in mom that's a direct, that's going to be a direct reflection of baby's brain development, how that's starting to wire and not, um, not have to have so many software upgrades later, because it, I mean, that response usually just known, just know what that knowing what we know about neuroscience now, uh, something called neuroplasticity, which just means the brain can change to new experiences and to new patterns and everything is that nothing's really hardwired. And so that's the hopeful part about this, that 
anybody that's listening right now is the hopeful part is that your brain can change and your uh, knowledge about how you can deal with stress can change and you can poke holes in the, whatever capacity you have uh, with self-care methods like meditation and uh, walking. You know, I love that five minutes, six times a day. I love that because it's easy. It's doable. And I always tell people just to get up, you know, get a standing desk and get up and move, you know, do jumping jacks, something just as simple as that. Just changing the plane of movement that you're usually uh, moving in is a huge start to at least gain the awareness that your brain does change based on how you move through life. Yeah. Uh, last question, just because I think that... Um, I don't know, we're on this topic of pregnancy and, and kids. Uh, you have a daughter, Coco. And how old is she now? She turned three in November. Cool. And she has uh, had care since you know this so intimately. We can uh, leave on a our, with our heart power completely on. Is What has been the most joyful thing about seeing her being able to adapt and have that adaptation range as a little child and, and having access to, to chiropractic care for, for her, for her life. Yeah. I, I really, I think about this a lot and it, uh, some people would argue like, well, you can't prove that. And it's like, but I've seen it so many times where I have conversations with family. So like, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm going to throw myself under the bus and show you that I'm a, not the greatest dad for a second. Um, okay. on Halloween, no judgment. I had Coco on our e-bike and I forgot the key fob to get in and out of our neighborhood gates. So I left Coco sitting on her bike with the kickstand down and somehow she like wobbled and the bike fell over and a hundred percent for sure. Like I checked her immediately, like had a con signs of a concussion for sure. And so I adjusted her, uh, three times in the course of an hour to, it, we got her calmed down. She was fine. She went to bed fine. Woke up in the morning. She was, and you know, when, when it first happened, she was complaining that her neck hurt and her head hurt. She woke up in the morning, her neck didn't hurt. Her head didn't hurt. Um, she would jump on her trampoline and she's like, daddy, my head hurts when I jump on the trampoline. So she has, these, you know, like little symptoms that something had really, really like happened to her. That was pretty severe. So adjusted her a couple times that, that next day. And then, so we're on day two, um, headaches completely gone and she's fine, like back to normal. So the reason I share this is because I, I've worked with so many people who are like, I've had headaches for my entire life. Like since I was a little kid, as long as I can remember, I've had headaches every day. And I can't help but think about if those families would have known like what you and I know and would have been able to get their kids adjusted. I think that so many people wouldn't have that, you know, literally like lifelong, almost debilitating suffering. Like I have to leave work early multiple days a week. I'm talking, these are like clients that I take care of. And so, you know, for Coco to not be a product of that or have to go through that is just like, it's just such a blessing. And, you know, we have my favorite picture is a picture of me adjusting Coco. Her placenta is like still attached, her umbilical cord still attached, and she's getting adjusted for the first time. So um, it's magical. And, it shows her language development, her activity, all those things. And, you know, it's just a different, different breed of a fully, fully expressive human being as it should be. As it should be. And that is yeah. beautiful because I will just give you a real life example in 30 seconds is that that future person was me. When I was 12 years old, 
I nailed my head roller skating. I used to love to roller skate, rollerblade. I was so active, never anything wrong from that, from zero to 12. And it was a distinct point in my life. I, I traced back later and it wasn't until I suffered for migraines. I mean, at least two a month for 12 years until I found the chiropractor in my early twenties. And had it not been for that chiropractor, I would have actually still been here. I sit before you 39, uh, no headaches since that period of time in my early twenties. And I would have still been having those headaches had yeah. I not gotten the care that I deserved. And so all kids deserve to be checked by a chiropractor, a pediatric, neurologically focused chiropractor. Thanks Amen. for being on the show today, Doc. Um, and I hope that we do part two. <laughs> yeah, dude. Thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And there we grow again, Life Alive Tribe. I'm so grateful you stopped by. We say something around here every single time. No matter where you are right now, it's time to pick your chin up, roll your shoulders back, and say, I choose to live a life totally alive. What's up, Life Alive tribe? This is Doc Schrock. This podcast is brought to you by Life Alive Chiropractic. Nothing heard in this podcast should be substituted for the advice and or clinical judgment of your doctor. If you are local on the front range of Colorado, we are available here as a health resource or for consultation. You may reach us at www.lifealivealive.chiro.com www.lifealivechiro.com. And remember, tribe, we are here for you.